Hello, and welcome to the Parkinson's Empowerment Podcast, where we hope to help people with Parkinson's live their best lives by listening to others share their Parkinson's journey, hearing from clinicians and specialists, and keeping up to date with the latest research and resources. I'm your host, Robin Barclay, physical therapist, certified exercise expert for aging adults, owner of Safe at Home Physical Therapy and Rocksteady Boxing Victor here in upstate New York, where we see people in their homes, in our clinic for individualized sessions and group classes. We believe movement is medicine, and we want to help you keep on moving and doing the things you love. Hello, and welcome to the Parkinson's Empowerment Podcast. My name is Robin Barclay, and I am here today with Robert Jerome Warren, who goes by Jerry. Also, his fighter name in his boxing class um, is the mayor. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Jerry? You did a, you've had a couple of different jobs in your past life. Well, I was a school teacher, taught 10th grade world history. For 24 years. Uh-huh. I had been a professional photographer for about that long, too. I forgot that. And uh, then I served for 12 years in government, either elected or 20 years in elected and appointed offices. Eight years, I was the mayor of Scottsville, New York. Nice. And... Uh, Let's see, it was in real estate as my second career. I was a real estate broker for about 19 years. Yeah. With the Remax Realty Group in Pittsburgh, New York. Nice. You've done a ton of stuff. And so um, you were diagnosed in, was it 2018? It was about 2018, yes. Okay. Um, and you started boxing with us and taking our classes in has it been 2019 maybe it was within a year of yeah being diagnosed. you didn't yes. wait too long before you got um got to us which is a good thing um and you um were you working when you were diagnosed was i working were you still working as a realtor or anything no i had retired you had retired at that point what were uh some of your symptoms that made you go to the doctor well i had been going to the doctor to ask about some other situation and all of a sudden he said walk to the end of this hallway so i walked and he said stop thank goodness so i didn't hit the wall <laughs> And he said, turn around, walk back here. And then he did a heel-to-toe thing, and he said, walk heel-to-toe down the hallway until I say stop. So I immediately thought I was in a field sobriety test, mm -hmm. which I welcome because I haven't had a drink in many, many ages. Right. So, but I... Didn't pass the field sobriety test that day. Okay. And he said, you need to see a neurologist. So I went to see the neurologist. He had me walk down a different hallway <laughs> and back. Did the field sobriety thing again, heel to toe. I failed with him, and he said, you've got Parkinson's. Okay. That's how it happened. And that's how it happened. And did you and did you start taking the carbidopa levodopa right away or 
I started taking carbidopa, levodopa, two tablets or two pills three times a day. Now I'm up to four times a day. Okay. So the, that's the only medication that I, I was prescribed. Right. Okay. Um, and I know you. I know that you do not like to exercise. Is that I right? <laughs> and you went to Ithaca College, right? Yes. And did, what is your mom? Did your mom want you to go to physical therapy school or did somebody I was went somebody? I to Ithaca College because I was a drama major. Yeah. But didn't somebody want you to go to physical therapy school or you just knew that you didn't want to do physical therapy? I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Ithaca College was big in physical therapy yeah. back then, physical education. I had to change majors after my sophomore year. And I had been a French major, originally a drama major. Switched to French, became a French major, was flunking out of college, and my advisor really wanted me to stay. Uh -huh. And so I stayed, and she got me one more semester on uh, probation. <laughs> yeah. I started political science and international relations. Loved it. Great. And uh, And here you are. Went from one dean's list on the way out to a dean's list on the way to stay. Great. That's a nice story for people that are kind of floundering their way through their careers and their uh, school. You know, you got to find something you love. That's what they always say. Find something you love. And then when you go to work, it won't feel like you're going to work. Right. Right. Yeah. And it also helps to have a faculty advisor on your side. Mm -hmm. and pulling yeah. strings for you. Yep, that's for sure. And I am your, <laughs> I'm a physical therapist and um, I am your, one of your class coaches for boxing. Um, and I know that you do not like to exercise, but you are when you're there and we're trying to encourage you to do some when you're not there as well, because that's important. Right. Um but did you want to talk a little bit about anything specific about your Parkinson's journey? or? Well, the, the biggest loss from Parkinson's has been musically. Yes. I, once I retired, we were forming with a guitar and singing in a number of venues around upstate New York. And... I lost my ability in both arms to change chords or strum the guitar. And that was the biggest loss, was not being able to play the guitar anymore. Yeah, that. What? what's the name of your band, or what was the name of your band? Oh, I had a band way back in high school called the Starlighters. Yeah. And... Uh, Hadn't played since high school, very much at all, and started taking lessons when I was 65, and we started performing at uh, various senior citizen venues mm -hmm. around this area, near within a 20-mile radius of Rochester, New York. Were you still the Starlighters, or were you something else? It was just me and my wife, Jean. Oh, Okay. Nice. So it's just the two of us. We didn't have a band anymore. No. But the band that you toured around New York with, what was that band? 
It was just Gene and I. Oh, it was just Gene and you did that. Yeah. Nice. But I know lately we have another guy in class who he and his wife both play the guitar. And there's been a couple of Fridays where you guys have gotten your guitars back out and you tuned it and you brought it in and you guys were singing and I have not seen you light up like that. Your face lights up and you're very into it and you, you're, you're growing your right hand fingernails out again to be picks, right? We do some finger picking, yes. Yeah. So and some strumming. Mm-hmm. And I often say to people, you know, why did you stop? You stopped because it was getting harder. I know I have a younger guy in class who's very athletic and who was running. And he said he, he was getting ready to stop running because it was getting harder. But yes, it's going to get harder. But if you keep working at it, just like you worked through yourself through college, you got to you got to work a lot harder with Parkinson's, but you can still play guitar. You just have to practice more and get back into it. And it, and it'll be good, so good for you in so many ways, um, for your fine motor skills, for your thinking skills, for your singing skills, your voice, you know, be, getting loud, being loud. Right. Oh, I have a magnificent set of amplifiers. Yeah. Which can take care of volume. Yeah. But do you, do you have a backpack you can put them in so you can walk around with your microphone? And... We have a couple of <laughs> portable dollies uh-huh. that we can load up with guitars. Normally, mm-hmm. we carry two guitars, a giant amplifier, and... Uh, all the lighting and sound paraphernalia that's wow. necessary. And we would usually make a couple of trips into whatever venue we were playing. Yeah. And all of a sudden we we stopped having we stopped having a lot of shows. And then I was diagnosed with Parkinson's and noticed the difference, but it was Two years into not doing shows, mm-hmm. and two minutes into a Parkinson's exam, that I noticed that the ability to play and sing has gone away. Mm-hmm. And part of it was Parkinson's, part of it was just lack of practice. Yeah. So anybody out there working on any kind of skill, practice, practice practice good i'm gonna record that we are recording it but i'm gonna play it back for you every day so you can listen to yourself say that but i was talking about when i was saying um you know i was kidding when i said do you have a backpack that you can put your amplifiers in because just the singing and music will help in your daily life that'll help that that's exercising your voice and your breathing right. um so that'll help make you louder day to day it'll carry over into your daily speech and volume um and loudness it's a matter of practice yeah got it yep <laughs> i've got to do that with my physical therapy exercises <laughs> And with my guitar exercises. Exercise, exercise, exercise. Right. (laughs) Um, It's not really, unfortunately, it's not really a choice anymore. You know, uh, you really, and you don't have to do, if you don't like the exercises I'm giving you, you find something you like to do. You know, maybe it's 
Um, you know, I have you get up and down off the floor quite a bit. Maybe you get back out into the garden and do some gardening. You're getting up and down off the ground. Um, or maybe you like to swim or maybe, you know, just you've got to find something that you enjoy. You enjoy the guitar and that's, that is exercising your voice and your mind. So that's one form of exercise. Um, but we also have to get you up and get you moving too. Right. Your big muscles. Um, Oh, was there anything more? You you mentioned that you wanted to talk about um, caregiver or the effect on your spouse. Oh, yeah. Or, I, I yeah. noticed among the people who are our caregivers in boxing class mainly, which is where I run into people, there's a variety of amounts of resentment among the caregivers. Because Parkinson's patients as a group can be pretty demanding yeah. in terms of needing help with things that we never used to need help with. Mm-hmm. Everything from tying your own shoes to uh, walking around. And I noticed a different level of caring on the part of caregivers. Some resent it sorely that they have to do so much for the Parkinson's patient. Some are much more tolerant, much more helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's true. Um, you and you're in the you're in the afternoon class, which is our class that is, you know, we we move through class a little slower. We focus on attention and full range of motion. So we do have some people in there that are further down the road. Um, with the progression of their disease. And again, everybody progresses differently. Um, but, um, and we do have some wonderful spouses who come in and help. And, um, you know, everybody's entitled to bring what we call a corner person, which doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be a buddy. Um, but, uh, but you're right. Um, some people are great coaches and or corner people and other people are have that they're burned out or they're you know like you said they are resentful that they're not able to live their retirement years like they planned um and and that's too bad and i and i encourage every person who is a care partner or a caregiver to they also need some kind of therapy and support um an outlet exercise, something they enjoy that they could do alone. Um, I know that the movement disorder clinic um, that we have here in Rochester, I believe they have um, a counselor there who will speak to um, the care partners to support them because they need support too. Um, Yeah. So that's a good point that you bring up. Um, So do you, what do you think about now that you've been doing boxing for a couple of years now? You did have a sort of a setback where you had something wrong with your foot and you had to take a break. I had something wrong with <laughs> my left foot. Yeah. And eventually lost one of my toes on yeah. that foot. Yeah, and that was that was a big setback because even the pandemic, you got on Zoom and you were Zooming with us when we couldn't get together in the in the clinic. And then, um, but with the, the whole thing with your foot, it was a long time that you were out. And that's that's where I noticed a decline, you know, when you first came back 
I noticed that because you hadn't been able to come to class, there was a bit of a decline and you were limited with your mobility because you're, you had a toe amputated. So mm. it was, that was a tough time, but I mean, I feel like you've gotten a lot back since then. Um, you've improved, you know, now that you're back on a more regular basis. Practice. Practice, practice, practice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Do you want to, you, so the song that you've been singing, do you want to sing a little verse of it? No. Thank you. Thank you, though. No, you don't? No. Okay. Well, maybe one day when we're having a jam session, we'll, with permission, we'll record you guys. Okay. And we'll put it in one of our podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to say? No, I'm all set. You're all set. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, and maybe we'll follow up with you down the road here. Okay, very good. All right, Jerry, take care. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions or comment, please go to our website, safeathomept.com, and fill out the form. Or give us a call at 585-398-6050. Have a great week, and we hope you join us for the next podcast. Remember, movement is medicine. Keep on moving.